wrestling friends. This podcast is brought to you by Spartan Combat. Spartan Combat is a wrestling clothing company who's doing a giveaway as we speak on Instagram. They're giving away two really sweet backpacks. Go to Spartan X Apparel and click on the post that has the two backpacks in it. You'll see all the information you need to register for the giveaway. That's Spartan X Apparel on Instagram. S-P-A-R-T-A-N-X-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Doing a giveaway right now for two sweet book bags. All right, folks, let's get to the show. And where do you, where do, where do you find that mentality? Because not everyone does have it, that mentality to when things are getting tough, I got to dig a little bit deeper and make sure we get the job done. You learn that from hours in the wrestling room when you're, it's not your day, but you have to figure out how to make it work, right? How to get that next takedown when you feel like crap or you're wrestling a guy that's better than you. How do you figure that out? We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. It's Monday, December 20th. The collegiate duels begin today on Rockfin. I can't wait. Some of the best teams in college wrestling will be scrapping today and tomorrow in a dual-style format. But before we get there, we have business, folks. John Durgo, the great John Durgo, is on the podcast today. John was an Illinois football god. He was actually the National Football Player of the Year his senior year. And with stats like this, who could blame him? He rushed for 3,000 yards and scored 52 touchdowns. On the wrestling mat, he was a two-time state champ, but people could not believe that Durgo wasn't going to play football in college. But he didn't, folks. He wrestled for the University of Illinois, was a Big Ten champ, an All-American, and today he's a businessman out in Charlotte, North Carolina. Really enjoyed this podcast. This is an old throwback, an Illinois episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the week is our friend Jace Britton a nine-year-old who wore his Wrestling Changed My Life sweatshirt to Mount Rushmore, and we love him for that. Thank you, Jace. Greatly appreciate your support, my friend. As always, Wrestling Changed My Life, proudly presented by Spartan Combat. Go to SpartanCombat.com to support this show. And that's it. Let's give it up for John Durgo. Peace! Quick caveat, folks. We pick up this interview with John Durgo recapping one of the most impactful games of his career, I have to imagine. It was his senior year. Morris, his high school is number two in the state. They're playing Joliet Catholic, the number one team in the state, ranked number three in the country. And Durgo has a game of all games. But that's where he picked this one up, folks. Enjoy. And they, you played them the year before, right? When you were a junior in the finals? Yeah, Um yeah, so actually sophomore year, we lost to him in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. Junior year, we lost to him in the state finals. And then senior year, we played him in the, the quarterfinals as well. I mean, and for folks who are listening, you can go to YouTube and like first play of the game, you hit a run, touchdown, last play of the game, you have a pick, save the game. It's like, God, I mean, that must have been yeah, just incredible. What, what kind of hype do you remember for that game leading up to it that week? Oh, it was, it was really everything. I mean, one, it was with Joy Catholic Academy. It was our big rivals, uh, 30 minutes down the road. Um, 
So one that was from the signage to the, <laughs> the interviews, I remember having to go up to the Chicago Tribune and do a photo shoot. And uh, so did some of our other team members. Um, but we also have that, we had that Friday off of school. So we, lo- we literally got to drive around town and see um, people tailgating like it was a college game day, uh, literally out, out in front, out around at the park across from our high school. And um, yeah, I mean, you saw a line, you saw more people there than I have ever have in my entire life by five o'clock at night. And there was two, still two and a half, uh, two and a half hours left till game time. So it was <laughs> pretty impressive there. <clears throat> Yeah, man, I, I love, uh, you know, those towns that really just go all in on sports. And the cool part to me is that your dad was your coach um, for high school football. Was he also a wrestling coach? Yeah, my, so my dad was the wrestling coach um, from 19, I believe, 89 until uh, I graduated. The year I graduated was his last year because he was really looking forward to come and travel and watch me wrestle in college. So uh Coaching wrestling just wasn't gonna gonna do it anymore, and he'd done it for so long. And then um, that, my senior year of football was actually his first year as uh, the varsity head coach. Oh, so wow. he coached at the lower levels. He was very instrumental in um, one teaching the the Morris way, the tradition at the lower levels, the youth levels, getting kids to come out. I mean, he was the guy in the hallways making sure kids uh, were out for the team, but they were also having fun doing it. It wasn't life or death, um, like it seemed like on the varsity sometimes. So it, it really captured um, the right kids, the, the good kids, and, and taught them how to work hard. And then there was a big transition, um, which, is, which is very unique. It's very interesting about my sports career. I always had, going into my senior year, and uh, we'll probably get into this later, but same with when Coach Heffernan took over for Coach Johnson. It was very similar. Coach Coach uh, Dan Darlington, who was our football coach who built the Morris program from the late 70s all the way up until um, my senior year, he ended up moving, moving on from the program, and that's when my dad took over. We literally could not find anyone to coach the football team. I mean, it was, you're you're stepping into such big, big shoes. My dad would have me on the phone with like coaches that he would have me beg to be our coach for that year because it was me. It was all my best friends. And my dad was a youth coach all those years. So he coached all my, my class through Pinto league baseball, T-ball and all the way through all the wrestling um, baseballs, the soccers that we played all our whole lives. So he really felt like it wasn't just me that was looking for a coach. It was all of his other kids too, that, uh, he took a lot of pride in coaching and developing in sports, his, his whole career. So Morris had a big football tradition, even before you started playing for them. Yeah. Yeah. We were, you know, um, we, we had a couple <clears throat> excuse me, a couple big games with Geneseo back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do remember that. Uh, we were, we won state championships in the seventies and 1980, 1984. So um, that's really when he started the program and popped off. And we had a couple runners up in between those years from 1984 to my year in 2005. Um, quite a bit of second places, but yeah, we've always been a staple in the state playoffs. We're right there battling with the best of them. So, so why would no one want to take that over then? I don't, I don't get that. Um, you know, there's a lot more to it. I mean, there was, uh, administration stuff there was, um, but the large part of it was no one wanted to fill Dan Darlington's shoes. That's really it. I mean, you're, you come, that's a, that's a tough job to do. And mm-hmm. there was not a lot of people that wanted to do it. I know that for sure. And there was, <clears throat> there was even little conversations between my dad and a lot of coaches reaching out after that junior year to uh, have us come play for them. Lincoln Way East, the Providences, the schools like that, that say, Hey, we'll come, come, come to school here for your senior year and play, you know, keep that football 
you know, alive. And then you could wrestle for our wrestling team too. So um, we, we had a lot of discussions like that, but in the end, my dad decided he couldn't, he couldn't leave the kids that he, we grew up with. He grew up coaching. Uh, he wasn't going to do that for, for them. So these are all just your buds and you guys are out there having a good time. It sounded like. Yeah. Yeah. Worked uh, close friends, still close with all of them today. Um, you, you grow up anything. All my college buddies are wrestling teammates or my close buddies too. You, you form that bond that really does last a lifetime with, with a lot of them. And um, yeah, so it, it was, we were all in it together and um, yeah, my dad, my dad knew that too. And it came out, I mean, it just doesn't seem like it could have gone any better, you know, for your, uh, your senior year in terms of the team and then your individual accolades, you know, it's well known that you may be one of the best Illinois high school football players ever, but that you weren't recruited a lot in college. Is it fair to say you weren't recruited at all or just wasn't the attention from the schools you wanted to go to? And like, how did you process all of that? No, it was, uh, I really wasn't recruited at all. Um, there's, that, that's, that's a fact. Yeah. I mean, we had Charlie Weiss come into our school when he was at Notre Dame, we had Penn state there recruiters from all the big 10 schools. We even had Clemson up because my uh, high school teammate was getting recruited by Clemson. They were at games. Um, but really, you know, it was a lot of coach Darlington, I think, um, assumed I was more tailored or looking towards the wrestling route mm -hmm. so it wasn't really a push for me and and that's okay I, I think that's that's what the bottom line was and that that that's all right I really wasn't the biggest fan of football as a sport in general either I, I mean there was a lot of pet peeves I had with that sport like all the way down to like putting on your helmet I couldn't stand it and and uh you know, some of the, a lot of small things like that. It was really just I did it for um, one. I was pretty good at it. I trained hard at it. My my speed, um, you know, everything. My weight training was all tailored for it. Uh, track. I did track. I, I qualified for state in the 400 and that was all just training for football and whatnot, too. But it, it was really just to do it for um my teammates and, and the town in general, if you grew up in Morris, you, you played football and that was, you know, what I was going to continue to do and um, see it all the way out. Really. Yeah. I mean, but even when you were starting to light it up, really light it up on a national level, your senior year, because I mean, you were national player of the year and I was looking at the NHSCA players who have won that it's like Kyler Murray, um, Leonard Fournette. And I'm like, John Durgo. And, but I, I just can't get over how stubborn these coaches can be. And it reminds me of Gabe Dean's been on the show a number of times. Mm -hmm. He obviously wrestled at Cornell, but he was a, a high school football star too. And he got one call to Georgia tech. He walked down there and they said, you're too short, get out of here. And they didn't even let him try out. And he drove all the way down there and he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to go wrestle. And so uh, it's not surprising that they were that stubborn, but it, it kind of is when you look at the names you're in that list with, you know? Yeah, right, right. I, I, I see some of those too, the Tebow's the and um, some of those guys. But uh, yeah, it was it was just one of those things. It was more doing it for other people yeah. than my own self enjoyment. Um, so that that's kind of that's kind of what it was. But yeah, it was a couple of good years there. Junior year was twenty four hundred yards rushing, and and the but the thing is, is everyone talks about the the offensive side of the ball. My favorite thing to do was play defense. And, and uh, I was really good at that. I thought if there was any, anywhere I could play at the collegiate level, it, it would be a defensive back or safety or something like that. And, and I, I wasn't a bad kicker either. So that's the crazy thing the, the yeah, I was like, wait, is this guy kicking field goals and points after as well? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was the kicker and, and the punter too, but uh I would tell you what, I could have a 99 yard touchdown run. I would, I found more enjoyment than the few field goals I made that year or being, I think, I, I don't know what I was. I, I think I, I was like 58 for 60 in extra point attempts. So uh, I take as much pride in those as anything. Dude, that's awesome. I, I love to hear that um, you 
you were just kind of involved with it because it's a community thing and you had friends that did it. And, you know, you read stories about kids dressing up as John Dergo for Halloween when you were back there. So it's just like, I don't think people can realize the hype unless they were around for it. But, you know, as you mentioned, you chose wrestling and, and thank God for all of us. So you wrestled for the great Mark Johnson and, you know, your senior year of high school, I believe they won the big 10. Right. Yeah. So, that, that was uh, the year, you know, bird Glenn um, Reynolds was there. Uh, yeah. I mean, just top to bottom, they had so many good wrestlers. It was, it was a very solid team. Ott was there a lot and uh, Poeta and Tira Pelli and, and whatnot. And they, that was just from top to bottom, a solid team. And, um, one to really look up to as we were going, as I was going in there, that's, that's what the expectations were. Um, so we were able to kind of start there. This is the expectations. Um, we can compete with the best in the big 10. We can win the big 10. So let's, let's get after it and try and do so. What was the Mark Johnson recruiting visit like? Oh gosh, it was, that, that's a great question. That was, um, I got a few, few good ones. It was, um, he, I didn't hear from, from Illinois for two weeks. So I'm hearing from all these other schools, Nebraska's, some Ivy League schools, uh, you know, Purdue's, Michigan State's, and, um, schools like that. And, um, Finally, he calls. He says, I'm going to be there tomorrow. So get ready. And, and we, my, my family, my, my house isn't anything spectacular, you know, ripped up wooden floors. My dad pretty much built the whole top half of the house himself. He's a school teacher, four kids, didn't have a lot of money. So everything he did was, was himself. Um, or a couple uncles helped out and family friends, but he literally built this house himself. So we, my mom and dad start cleaning up for him, get, get our, and I haven't seen anyone clean up the house like this ever, probably in my life. Well, he stops over that next day and um, comes in, we show him the house and our, we had a garage and we have a 1971 Chevelle in the garage. That was like a, you know, antique muscle car. We didn't drive it often. It was like the coolest thing our family had, right? Well, we had the Illinois wrestling sticker on the back of the wind windshield, uh, the back window. So we show and uh, Coach Johnson, you know, obviously there was a, a, a scholarship money involved and Coach Johnson opens up the door. He sees the car. He goes, huh, I might have to uh, pull back some of this uh, scholarship. Money. <laughs> <laughs> it was like just this one car. But uh, um, aside from that, everything was good. He sat down. He presented he presented me with a, an opportunity and, uh, you know, my mother started crying, my dad, and, um, I called him the next day, said, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in, I can't wait to, to, to wrestle for university of Illinois. Your mom started crying. It was that impactful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and it, it goes a little, you know, the family knows coach Johnson, my grandfather donated to him. Um, he, Coach Johnson wrestled against my uncle, pinned him a couple times, and then uh, my grandfather also donated. And we don't come from a lot of money, um, so if you, you know my grandfather's giving fifteen hundred bucks or two thousand bucks back in, I think nineteen eighty or when Coach Johnson was training the Olympics, for, yeah, eighty, yeah, yeah, right, right around that time. Um, you know, my grandfather gave him all he could, and uh, wow. So, so yeah, going. And that's just a little bit of the backstory. And then, you know, my mother just thinks the world of Coach Mark Johnson and the wrestling program. And um, not a lot of kids and not a lot of people go to college in my family. Um, my dad did, obviously, and my I think my uncle did. Two of my uncles did. But, you know, that was that was just a big thing for for my mother to, to have that and see that opportunity, knowing that uh, that's an option. Yeah. Well, there's not many full rides in wrestling given out. And if you believe the papers that that's what happened and uh, pretty amazing because you were part of that class, Jimmy Kennedy, another one of my uh, you know childhood idols. I tell people he was just like a wrecking machine back in the day. And uh, you know, uh, was it Sean or Donnie Reynolds was with you on that well, first class? You know, 
Donnie or Sean was actually the incoming. Sean's actually a year older than me, but uh, I, I can't remember. I think he was, uh, for some reason, he was like transferring from maybe Parkland College, the community college. So I think he was down there doing some training with the, the guys in the summer of the year before, but he was technically an incoming freshman uh, with, with me. Yeah. So Sean was, and then um, Brian came a few years after. So got mm-hmm. to go Brian too. And then Donnie was there. I got to train with Donnie maybe once or twice in the room until he had that season ending injury um, that kept him out, which is pretty much the reason why I ended up wrestling as a true freshman. Um, just to, I was the next guy up. Um, so we were able to fill in hit at 174 for his injury. And then I was able to go 184. And that weight class in the big 10 is no joke. And you get into that big 10 grind in January. It's like every week you're hitting hammers, but like early in the year, you had some good, you know, good open tournaments, you won the UNI open. And at this point, are you starting to think you might redshirt or is it never even crossing your mind, excuse me, that you might come out of redshirt or are you in your mind fully committed to, to redshirt in that season? No, no. Um, actually, Jimmy, Jimmy Kennedy was kind of announced that he was he was um, not going to be redshirting that year um, to help out the team. And, and Coach Johnson sat with me and said, hey, you know, we still want you to redshirt. And I said, no, nope, no problem. I really needed it because in actuality, during high school, I only was on the mat for two and a half months of the year. No way. Yeah. So I was, I was technically, and my mindset was just behind. You weren't wrestling like Fargo in the summer. You were all football. No, no, I was, I was a track. I track, I was track. It was all, all for football. So I kind of did everything backwards. So I I was a state qualifier in track, like I mentioned, and I trained track, which was helping me for weightlifting and football. You know, I was only probably the only 200 pound runner in the 400 out there in the, in the state dual, uh, state track meet. But, um, and then, yeah, all summer was weight training, um, agility, speed training, uh, like combine training for football and then uh, roll right into the, the football season. So I, you know, my senior year, I didn't even get one practice under my belt before I wrestled our first dual meet because it, it was the weekend after. Um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and we yeah. played the, the the state tournament or the state football game the two days after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a tradition in Illinois. Everyone's at home and they, you know, on, on Friday and Saturday throw on uh they throw on the games and, and watch the high school finals. But yeah, that's a, that's a lot of teams first weekend of wrestling too, is that Saturday after Thanksgiving, you know, so yeah, you're literally right. going into it. No practice since the state meet last February. Yeah, yeah. So I dropped a couple pounds, went out there, 189, and wrestled. Actually, a, a, a state qualifier, one of my old teammates, Garrett Washington. From so I do, I do remember that. But to get back to what we were saying with, uh, you know, uh, Coach Johnson or whatnot. What, what were we getting back? Yeah, just to? that sorry. he. No, no, just that he was kind of sitting you down, saying, "Hey, Jimmy's coming yeah, out of yeah. redshirt. So, we want yeah, you to redshirt." Yep. So he he continued to say, "Hey, we're going to keep you in redshirt." and so on and so forth. And then that's when really the Donnie um, Reynolds situation came about where he didn't look like he was going to com- be able to compete. Um, and then they, they, I think it was right before Midlands, they decided, hey, it's time to, you know, you, you want to do it? And I said, yes, well, let's, let's go for it. But I, I really could have used um, that year probably just to, just to get my mind and, you know, the technique and, a little bit more of the college wrestling, moving your hands, moving your feet, um, going out there to score points and, and got that mentality solidified a little bit further. But hey, hey, whatever. I'm one guy. It's always been about the team with me. So if the team needs it, I don't care what I have to sacrifice. It's, it's getting done to help out the team. I love that. And your first Big Ten duel was against Jake Herbert. Uh, yeah. if I, if I'm, if I'm reading correctly and then, uh, you know, then, then the big 10 season's on us and it's January, it's February. And as the high school season's ending, you guys are still in the thick of it. You know, what memories do you have of that big 10 grind from your true freshman year? Once you guys start, started getting into the dual meet season. Yeah, it was, you know, you go from, I think I got me, I was majored by, by Herbert, that first dual meet at home, um, just, the, lo- the losses were really glaring to me. 
it was uh, not, I wasn't used to losing like that and trying to figure out where I was falling short. And, uh, you know, I mentioned one, one area why I wasn't, I, not enough mat time. Um, that was one, but really a mental, mental preparation was, was much needed. So that was one thing I do remember about that, that big 10 season, that January through February, it was a grind. I mean, Herbert to Pasillo, Pasillo, um, Roger uh, Kish was there. A um, couple other good guys. Joe Williams with Michigan State was there. And, uh, it, it was just knowing how I had to be ready to compete every single match. Every single match now, the way I started thinking about it was, the, you know, almost a national championship match. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're wrestling these guys, you know, Friday and then Sunday, back to back. You got to be ready to compete at a national championship level or you're going you're gonna to take a, a loss. And that, that was one of the glaring things to me. It's, it's, there's no more gimmies out here in the college wrestling world. Be ready to go at all times. And when you talk about the mental side of it, how do you mean that? Are you thinking like you weren't visualizing enough or you weren't confident enough in yourself? Oh, uh, yeah. I was worried more about how I felt than going out there and competing hard. It was, how are you feeling? And, you know, um, Mike, what I let, you know, when I listened to his, uh, when he was on your podcast and he was one person that really kind of helped me around it. And, and that was one thing he battled. He mentioned as well is just how, how to get past how you're feeling. Every wrestler deals with it. Everyone with that, that anxiety, that, uh, that feeling of the pressure, everyone has it uh, out there. It's just who deals with it the best and, and can put it aside not let you not show emotion and uh, let that consume your energy is really um, is really the key. And so that was one thing I'd started to focus on. Then, you know, a, a, some bad decisions on my part going through and dropping that weight class to 174 wasn't a good idea on my part. But the coaches said, hey, do do what you think is best. It's either spot is yours, 174, 184. So it's really no one to blame but myself when I got down to that next weight, I wasn't competing well. And then you saw me kind of put things together as a senior where I was, you know, mentally I was going out there and all I thought about was scoring the next point. I didn't think, I didn't care how tired I was. Um, it was just, okay, I got the takedown. How do I get near fall or, or cut them to get the next takedown to, you know, separate myself even further from this guy. So that weight cut, that was a self-inflicted cut. Yeah, I, it was. Uh, um, Coach Johnson came up to me again and said, hey, uh, my junior, my sophomore and junior year and said, it's up to you. You know what? What? So I sit there and think, what's going to make the team better? I think I, I could do better at 74. And, and then by junior year, we had Blanton coming in at 84 and um yeah, it was it was self-inflicted, and I thought I would be a little bit, a little bit bigger for that weight class. When actually, I, I just my body just didn't, it, it just didn't, uh, you know, I didn't cut the weight probably the right way or the, or the best way, and I just couldn't perform dropping all that weight. You had to be north of two hundred at you know definitely in the summer, but maybe even during the season at times. Yeah. Um, the good thing about my body is once I got it down, it was fine, but I really shrunk my body. I mean, I was a different wrestler from when you saw me and when you saw me, let's say in early November to, you know, February, I was a completely different person. I was just completely shrunken down, which a lot of guys do, but I just don't think my body was, you know, willing to let me wrestle hard for seven minutes down at that weight class. But like, like you said, I was over 200 pounds mm. in the summers and lifting strong and heavy. And, and then when it came time to suck in that weight, it, it just, uh, I guess it just fell off in muscle. Right. Yeah. And that's uh you know, here people, you know, all the time from, from your era and certainly before talk about that. And not that there's not a lot of cutting going on now. I'm sure there's a ton of it. Uh, I think we like to fool ourselves that it's getting better, but it sounds like, you know, you, you know, kind of came to your senses, you go up, but before you head into your senior year, the legend retires. 
Mark Johnson. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Was that yeah, a pretty, so- was that shocking or was that expected? No, it, 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 it shocked us. I mean, we had a meeting and, uh, you know, right after the NCAA tournaments, we, we got the week off of for Chris or, um, for spring break. Uh, spring break. Yep. And, um, came back, we had a team meeting like we always do. And he broke it to us right there as short and sweet as those things always are, you know, as you can only say, he could only say so much. And, um, and then, our athletic trainer and got up and said, he's moving on. And it was like, everyone's leaving us. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's one thing as, as shocking as it was, we knew we looked over and we had still coach Hunter Perry and coach half, uh, right there in our corner. And then Mikey Poeta sticking around and they knew, okay. Um, was I a little nervous that, possibly someone from the outside could come in yeah but you know with with half and perry there perry being a national champ and um half there uh, for so long you knew it, it was going to be given to to an illinois guy at that point and um yeah and and still to this day i coach johnson when he when i've seen him following up he he mentions first things you're the one of the guys i really felt bad for when i when i made that decision he's like i felt bad for you and your dad and your mom yeah you know and that's why he's just he's just one of the greatest guys ever cuz you know i take that to heart and he he took it personally but it was just something he had to do for him and his family and his career and um but i i do he always does bring that up to me i you know i, do, I still feel bad Everything works out how it's supposed to. He is the ultimate just relationship guy. I talked to him last week and he remembers this, you know, the school I went to or that we ordered Harris pizza. It's just like he remembers everything. And yeah, I think <clears throat> a lot of people know the contribution he made, but I don't think a lot of people realize how bad of a spot Illinois was in in the early 90s. And that, you know, he had taken Oregon State to a second place fin- or Oregon State got second the year after he left. Les Gutches was there. Like he was building at Oregon state. He leaves to come back to Illinois and they hadn't won like a big 10 dual meet in, you know, a number of years. Right? right. And then two or three years later, you got Ernest Benyon's a national champ. You got, um, who a uh, Marinetti won the same Marinetti. year at yeah. Carver and he was an Iowa guy or he was coach at Iowa. So like the legend of Mark Johnson, you know, I, I every time an Illinois guy gets on here, I just start talking about him. But the one thing a lot of people don't realize is, from what I hear, how intense he was in the room. Cause you see him on the outside. He's like, you know, relationship guy, he's smiling, but I guess he also had another side where he could get fiery in the room. He could get intense. Do you have any stories or any memories from that? Oh, I, I got some stories. He just, I don't know if you can share, but uh, it, let's just say he was pretty heated. There was one time he had me by the shirt because he thought I did something wrong, which it, it ended up not really being me, but it was during the summer camps and, someone did something they weren't that he told us not to do. And, you know, it wasn't anything too serious, but the fact that he told you, told everyone not to do it. And it was blamed on me. Um, he had me by the shirt and, you know, let's say he might've punched the the glass of the, the ice arena glass really mad at me. And I'm uh, terrified. <laughs> he's, he's face to face and he has me by the shirt collar and, He's hitting the glass and saying, I told you not to do this. I told you not to do that. Um, and, and there's just, there's so many of those stories with coach Johnson. He's, he was, uh, you know, he was a the fearless leader that you had. Um, you, you always wanted in your corner when you look over and if you're going to war and you see that guy in your corner, you're like, I'm, I feel good. I'm confident that uh, things are going to work out in my favor. And that was, that was how he was and how he was in, in the practice room too. It was, you know, he, he'd get a little worked up and yell something, say something. But the great thing about coach, coach Johnson was it was, uh, you know, whether yet he had an issue with you, you maybe you didn't do something right or wrong. It, it was over. He gave you the, you know, he lectured and then that was it. It was move forward, get better from there. And, uh, he, he did that really, really well. And I, I'm a, you know, I'm more up his alley when it comes to that 
getting emotional and getting fired up. So uh, when he did it, I, I just ate that stuff up. I loved it. Oh, it's awesome, man. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know if this was your era or not, but rumor hat, not rumors. This is a story that he, you got the cliff King tournament in Vegas. He's like worried about his hotel room getting jacked. And uh, he pulls up after one of the rounds of the tournament and he sees the hotel room door op- is open at his hotel. And I guess it's kind of like a questionable hotel. So as he's pulling up, he like almost comes to a stop, gets out of the car, runs up to his room because he thinks that someone's jacking his stuff. Turns out it's the house cleaner. And now his car's rolling across the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he all, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't recall that one, but uh, I, I, it might have happened one of the years I wasn't there. But it was, yeah, that's, that's exactly him. React first and then deal with everything <laughs> else after it sometimes. I think that might have been a Terra, uh, not a Terra Pelli, might maybe a Terra Pelli story, Terra Pelli story. So early 2000s. I couldn't remember if it was yeah. him or Poeta, but, um, but yeah. And so, you know, obviously you had a great career, Big Ten champ, All American. And, you know, you really were one of the, uh, the faces of Illinois wrestling, but we got to go back to some of the IHSE battles because I was looking at the brackets today and didn't realize you went to OT every finals match you had at assembly hall. Um, and one was against Kernance, went to OT in the finals, your junior year. And then, uh, your se- your senior year also went to the, uh, o- OT, but I didn't know the wrestler's name, but I mean, just in general, when you think back to assembly hall and your, in your trips down there, you know, what kind of memories do you have that really jump out to you? Oh, that was, you know, at the time and you could recall high school state was like, the pinnacle for an Illinois high school wrestler. And uh, just, just to follow up with what you said, I did actually pull away from my guy's senior year. I think I ended up with a 10 point win in that, okay. in that finals, but the junior year, yeah, it was, it was a close one against uh, uh, Jim Kernat. That was, um, but yeah, I mean, to go down assembly hall is what's called at that time. I know it's changed its name a few times since, but to go down for assembly hall, um, wrestling in that arena. So many, so many great wrestlers were there and IHSA tournaments. I mean, just, I could count. I'd been going to that tournament and I wrote down every name, filled out the books, you know, the bracket books. My uncle filled out every name for, I don't know, eight years before I got into high school, six or eight years. Uh, you know, spent every session watching and uh, it, it was just, that's where, that's where coach Johnson was, where, you know, he was there watching. That's where, you know, coaches came to watch you mm-hmm. and um, you were competing with, like you said, guys, you even uh, looked up to or thought highly about the Jimmy Kennedys, the, the guys that were winning multiple state championships um fan thorps there's i mean there's you could go down the list Poeta was lightning at that tournament yeah Poeta was was a two-timer and these guys were all guys you competed around through ikwf and now it's like the same guys winning the same stuff here in the um the ihsa state finals so um it, it was it was cool in that sense that friday night session when it was the double a quarters and that was like the first time sectional champs were getting together because it wasn't seated. I tell people that it's like, that was like the Friday morning of the NCAs, but Friday night at assembly hall was just the whole crowd was going crazy. And there was always some quarterfinal matchup where it was like one and two in the state. And you're thinking how in the, how in God's name do they not see this? And even worse, if your guy didn't make the semis, you were out back then, you know? So there was all kinds of walkovers. It was chaos. Yeah, no. And you actually nailed it for my, sophomore year I lost to Chris Potter he was returning two-time state champ and or returning state champ I'm sorry and we were ranked number one and two and we met in the quarterfinals there you go see that match the whole arena is on their feet for that one yeah and they yeah they really were I mean the whole crowd was into into that match I had a couple big moves early and ended up losing at the end but uh um yeah and then you realize I got two huge matches to wrestle tomorrow just to get into the top six. So <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you have to do that against the, you know, a couple of guys that were returning state placers or whatnot. So yeah, you had to, you had to really get tough and make sure that uh, 
he still came back and competed in, in one third. Like uh, Mike, Mike, I think mentioned that on his is how important it was that he came back and took third place at the, the, those tournaments, even though you, your ultimate goal uh, can no longer be achieved. It, it shows your character to come back and be tough and, and yeah. win that third place. Yeah, he was a Fargo champ his freshman and sophomore year, but didn't win a match in the championship bracket at Assembly Hall. Like, that's crazy. Or, yeah, right. I think it was something like that. It was like first round losses. And obviously, like you said, came back to get third. But man, like it. It's just good to know that someone who had the success you did there also kind of like put that tournament on a pedestal. Cause for me, it was like, I put it on way too high of a pedestal looking back now it was a huge mistake, but back then it was hard, hard to resist. Yeah, no, that's, that's, it's, it's what it's all about. We, we get to be in the big arena, go from the gymnasiums that we do and, and having, I don't know, a couple hundred people maybe watching you, you know, you know, wrestling, the sport and which is it's evolving even more now than ever. Thanks. I think highly thankful to the women's wrestling, which is mm-hmm. great to have. And um, some of some of the stuff like this, even like your podcast is huge for the growth of our sport. Um, and you've had some of the best guys on, but it just, when it comes to popularity, it isn't always number one, right? It's not like your football games, your basketball games, you get, couple thousand people in to watch a high school game it was a couple hundred people and that's why it was so so important to us and why it was the big stage is because it was the first time you're in a huge arena and you're you're you know unless you wrestled at at some of the um off-season freestyle stuff or whatnot but you were in the big arena a lot of people watching a couple you know ten thousand people at least watching you yeah watching and, the, and at the one end of the arena, you had the single A fans who were always going crazy. Then the, the four in the middle were, uh, you know, double A. So, man, now they split it up. I don't know if you know that. Like, A is at one time, then double A is by itself, then triple A is by itself. So they're not in there together for most of the sessions anymore. So it's way different. Yeah. I, you know, to, that's that's the way it goes. I'm, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of the three three divisions. I know it's it's good for the sport. You have more people winning, but um, I didn't like the state tournament for that that reason. But uh, yeah. I was yeah. able to go the one of the first years it was um, moved to three classes. I was able to go to the state tournament, and it was you know a lot different. Um, crowds weren't all into one or other, one match at a time or the other. It was kind of sporadic, more sporadic than ever. But uh, yeah. It's good. Hey, more guys can win and, and whatnot. And that, that's good for them. For sure. For sure. And it's a, uh, yeah, I, I never want to be like that, that guy looking back on the glory days, but when I get someone from Illinois on, I got to bring up those, those double A days. Cause it's just, whoo, it gets me excited thinking about it. And, uh, and now, you know, obviously you're, you're living your, your own life. You're out in North Carolina. Are you doing any coaching at wrestling or football these days? Or are you businessman? No, no, mainly a lot of business. I mean, a little bit of um, BJJ gym uh, here helping out on Tuesdays, but um, that's, that's really it. You know, I help donating to uh, one of the local middle schools here. I have a good friend that is a coach at uh, WC Friday. It's in Dallas, uh, Dallas, North Carolina, right across the way. I was actually just at their, county tournament on Saturday. So I went and watched for about two hours or so to just to watch some of those guys and just get in the gym. You know how that is. Yeah. You, yeah. Miss, you miss the smell of that gym with mats on the floor and everyone all sweaty and whatnot, but uh, uh, nothing, no, no team affiliation really just helping out with where I train now and, and kids that are competing, trying to be, you know, more MMA based teach teaching them some wrestling too but uh yeah i try to I try to watch i still keep up with all the college stuff um a little bit of high school but uh really i just stick with the college and international you know all, all the international success we've had in the last few years is just unbelievable watching that i, I can't get enough of it it's great to watch you know uh, david taylor and um, Kyle Snyder and Dake and those guys. And I know you had Dake on your, your show here. That was, that was a pretty good one. And um, yeah, watching all those guys have six Gable Stevenson at a young age, 
Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. So I, I keep up with everything, just not as involved as, you know, business keeps me pretty tied up. Sure. And, uh, you know, your alma mater, Illinois, Poeta, new head coach, first year. We're all very excited about that. Um, tell me about just your thoughts about Poeta being the head man at Illinois. Uh, it's, you know, I'm so proud of him, um, just especially being pretty close with him. He's, he's one of my, I'd say, best friends um, that I have. He's, he, he means the world to me. It was a time uh, going in when I was a freshman in college. Uh, I, look, I looked to him as someone to look up to. The guy taught me a lot about competing, wrestling, training, um, but also just the, the small things, how to be successful and make sure you're getting stuff done in life. And, you know, I always, I always bring up to people my list, you know, stay organized. That was the first guy that taught me how to you know, look over every night and he's making his list on the couch of what he has to accomplish the next day and, and stuff like that. So I, I learned a lot of just personal stuff. And I, I really think the guy is the funniest person I've ever met. I mean, that guy, <laughs> you, you if you get in the room with him, he, he doesn't stop talking and it's just he's funny storyteller, great, great guy. And, uh, um, for his now his, his start at the, the helm of the wrestling program, I, I think they're in great hands. I, I think it's someone he's so selfless. It's going to be all about the team, the university and making sure guys are, um, successful on and off the mat. They're, they're good people. He's, he's um, putting them in the right positions to succeed both on the mat and off the mat. And uh, he's got a lot of people rooting for him, my, myself included, but uh, I know the state and the wrestling community is very excited for him. So um, now it's just making, making gains, winning, and uh, go from there. But I just got to go back to the listing. So tell me about that. He was like, Hey, this is how you get shit done. You don't know, make a list the night before and it rubbed off on you. Well, uh, he, he found ways to rub off on me. It wasn't that he would necessarily tell me it was, I'd ask him, Hey, what are you doing? I'm making my list. So, you know, I would, that's my mentality. It's been my whole life. You find the people that are successful and figure out what they're kind of doing uh, to make them that way. It's not by accident not all luck, you know, like some people think it is all oh, that person's just uh, lucky or he, he was given these great genes or athletic abilities or something like, no, that's, that's not it. There's, there's people out there that are successful because of their preparation, their mindsets. And, uh, you know, when I first, first time we had a little house party get together, um, the fall of my freshman year, we had a bunch of team members, uh, pretty much the whole team over to watch a, a fight. Uh, it might've been a Floyd Mayweather fight. You know, we all get mm -hmm. together and I sit right next to him and he's making jokes and not a lot of people are laughing, but I start laughing at everything he says. <laughs> so he, he loved having me around because no matter what he said, he, it was like, uh, you know, he was going to help, help boost his, uh, you know, himself up a little bit and he loved having me around, but it was, it was looking at him from, like you said, that list, that list of here, here's what I got to do tomorrow. Okay. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's the order I'm going to do it in. And I, I'm not going to bed until that list, everything's checked off on it. And uh, I think he was able to maximize his training, maximize his personal life be, because he was organized like that. And that was just one of the many things I stole from him. So right. yeah, I was, I was a sponge and it was a good guy to have, have around to be, to be a sponge. You talk about, you talk about someone who's got to be a great recruiter, having Poet in the living room, you know, with that, with that charisma, that Panaz walks in. I mean, that must be like the new Lord of the living room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I just hope uh, the parents aren't exhausted They're just <laughs> mentally just exhausted when he leaves. But uh no, he's, he's, he's just as good as they come. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of great things. He can relate to pretty much everyone in, in some sense or another. And uh, he shows that. So hopefully, hopefully that, that good talk pays off and we get some good recruits in and continue to do so. And like I said, once you're winning, 
you know, more and more of that stuff will fall in line. For sure, man. And we wish them the best of luck. Last, last question for you, John Darigo. I haven't asked this one in a while, but I used to ask everybody, how did wrestling change your life? Because you've had a lot of life experiences outside of the mat, unlike some of the guys we've had on. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. So what, what it cha- how it changed my life is, one, it taught me how to persevere when times are not good, times are tough, and we've experienced that even with this pandemic, right? Well, our business still had to run. So we found you, you got to see people on a couple different sides, people that said, oh, I'm not, I don't have to go to work or I'm not going to work or I'm staying at home or whatnot. Well, we still have a business to run, right? And we have to do it safely. So all the protocol that we implemented to make sure we do that is a lot of extra work, a lot of extra time. And where do you, where do, where do you find that mentality? Because not everyone does have it, that mentality to when things are getting tough, I got to dig a little bit deeper and make sure we get the job done. You learn that from hours in the wrestling room when you're, it's not your day, but you have to figure out how to make it work, right? How to get that next takedown when you feel like crap or you're wrestling a guy that's better than you. How do you figure that out when you're cutting all that weight and you have to go out there and perform in front of people? Um, it's, it's that same mentality. And I, I carried it through my, my, career that I have right now, um, how, how to, you know, accomplish things that when, when you're technically shouldn't be getting them done, you're able to find a way to get it done because you've been here before your mentality is, is, uh, battle tested. And that's, I, I couldn't, uh, it's all, I, I attribute it all to the sport of wrestling and, uh, just so grateful. I've, I've had the opportunity and I was, um, you know, introduced to it at, at such a young level at such a young age well said man i love the uh the comparison to, to the job life to the work life because most of us are never going to be college coaches or you know rtc athletes and so um just love hearing that thanks for coming on john Dergo. it's an honor man and shout out to our man danny stelzer giving us some love giving us some introductions here he's uh he's the man he's brought a couple of folks to the podcast, so got to give some love where it's due. Oh, that's one of that's one of my brothers. I was just with him in his wedding a few months ago, and uh, yeah, that's that's a great one. And uh, another guy that'll do anything he can for you. Love it. Well, John, thanks again, man. It's been an honor. Ryan, great great job too. I just want to say thank you and um, great work with this podcast. It's awesome podcast to listen to, and you've had some of the best guys on here. So. Um, keep, keep up the great work. Okay. Thank you, sir. Will do. And that's the end of wrestling changed my life. We're proudly presented by Spartan combat. Spartan combat is a wrestling clothing company who sponsors athletes such as Kyle Dake, Yanni D David Carr, go to SpartanCombat.com to purchase gear or check out their national tournament taking place April in Jacksonville, Florida.